Act Two of A Little Bit of Fluff by Walter W. Ellis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two. Scene. Same as Act One. Two weeks have elapsed since the events in the preceding act. John Ayers and Tully are seated at a small table down center. John in armchair on right of table. Tully in small chair left of table. They are playing cards. John is dressed in pajamas with blanket round him as in Act One. Tully wears a lounge suit and slippers. As the curtain rises, John is shuffling the cards and dealing for now. Pamela enters from bedroom right and then adjusts her hat, looking in mirror by fireplace. She wears the pearl necklace. John deals. I must say, I think it is very good of you, Mr. Tooley. Beg pardon, Mrs. Ayers. I say it's very good of you to come and sit with John as you do. Oh, not at all, Mrs. Ayers. It's a pleasure. John's one of the best in the world. No, that's not your card picking up one of tully's cards and looking at it oh uh, yes it is putting card down again but he's a dirty cheat heaven helps those who help themselves no john we're here to help others then what are the others here for to help the others i suppose john calling to hand well i'll go too now, Mrs. Ayers, didn't we stipulate that there were to be no twos? To John. At two-handed nap, you can't call less than three, surely. They both argue loudly. Pamela, looking round. Now don't quarrel. There's good children. Tully's a bad loser. I'm not. You're a bad player. How can we possibly call twos? It's no game at all. Well, I go three. Very good. I pass three. They play the hand. Pamela strolls down, putting on gloves, and watches game. Play to that. I'll give you twos. That's one. Plays again. Trump. Aha. I'm not afraid of that. You won't get this. Plays card. Thank you. Leads again. Tully takes the trick. That's another one up against you. Leads again. John takes the trick. Got it. Got it. Got it. Pamela comes down to top of table. Nothing could touch a hand like that. John teasing Tully. You get the cards, Tully, but you don't know how to play them. Oh, I think Mr. Tooley plays a very excellent game. They start dealing. Now, just a moment. Where are you going? I just want to run around and see how Mother is. I'll leave John in your care, Mr. Tooley. Certainly, Mrs. Ayers. Pamela, to Tully. Would you mind answering the door? Answering the door? Of course he will. What's he here for? We sent the maids away a week ago. They talk so. Cook said she knew positively there was nothing the matter with me at all. So I've given them a holiday. Much the wisest thing to do. If the inspector or the doctor from the bus company calls, just ask him in and say I shall not be long. And you, John. Oh, I shall get into bed like a flash of lightning. 
I don't suppose they'll come. John, looking at Pamela. Do you think it's wise to wear that necklace on these dark nights? You might have it stolen. Pamela, smiling and displaying necklace. Ah, I've been waiting for you to notice it. Well, it's running a risk. I should leave it at home if I were you. Does it look valuable to you? Of course it does. Well, it isn't. This is only imitation. Oh, it looks just the same to me. Mother had the real one copied for thirty shillings. She was so afraid I should lose it. That's very thoughtful. Mother does know. Pamela, posing. But it looks genuine, doesn't it? It looks jolly good. What have you done with the real one? Ah, that's the telling. I'm never going to part with that as long as I live. Crossing to door left. Shall I give your love to mother? No. John! I mean, yes. Exit Pamela. Yes, if you like. To Tully. That's the fourteenth love I've sent to mother this week. Door slams off left. Tully shuffles cards. I don't mind telling you, Tully. I'm more than sick of this business. I've been shut up now for nearly a fortnight. But the doctor from the bus company ought to have called on you long ago. He did call. Last Friday week. And I happened to be out. Just my luck. Pam saw him and made some excuse, and he said he'd call again. But he hasn't been near the place since. Tully deals the cards for Nap. Their idea is, of course, to tire you out. And we've got to be careful. Did you read about Dick Turner? He got his five hundred pounds out of them, didn't he? Yes. But do you know the latest? They're going to have him up for fraud. Oh, dear, dear, dear. What does Mrs. Ayers say about it? The Turner case has rather upset her. She's terribly afraid of the law. If you mention the word, she has a panic. So you see, good people are the happiest after all. But they don't always look it. Looks at Tully with a grin. Let me see now. It's my call, isn't it? No, John, you called last time. So I did. You're quite right. Tully, jubilant. I'm going nap. You're going nap? Yes. John rising. Hark! It's the doctor. The doctor from the bus company. Flings off blanket and rushes to door right, groaning as if in pain. Tully runs to window. There's nobody there. Desist. Comes down to door left. Desist! John stops groaning. There's nobody at the door. Not a sign of anyone. Really? Are you sure? Coming to table center. Quite sure. John, mixing cards up all together. All right. Deal again. Deal again. Sits. Tully comes to table, looks with disgust at cards, gathers him up, and sits. It's a very funny thing, John. But every time I call Nap, you imagine you hear the doctor coming. Coincidence, I suppose. Gives a big sigh. What's the matter with you, Tully? Have you ever been in love? Tully looks and smiles. I was nearly caught once. Oh, what was her name? 
Agnes. Sorrowfully. She made a vow that if she ever met a really good man, she would love him, though he be as ugly as sin. And she loved you? Devotedly. Why didn't you marry the girl? She was so expensive. They all are. I don't believe woman was the rib of man. I believe she was the expendix. I mean the appendix. No use to anybody. That's what makes me so timid. I'm so afraid that one of these days some woman will get me into a corner and make me do something thoughtless. Cards dealt. I shouldn't worry about that if I were you. Let me see. It's my call, isn't it? Yes. Well, I pass. You pass? Well, I... I... You can't hear the doctor coming, can you? N no Well, I'm going. Nap. What, again? You haven't given me a chance yet. John rises. I have an idea. No, no, play this hand first. I've called Nap. John searches on table left center. No, it's not there. What are you looking for? The real necklace. She wouldn't leave it about like that. You don't know. She might. Postman's double knock heard off left. Rushing for bedroom door. The doctor! The doctor! The blanket is left in armchair. It isn't. It isn't the doctor. It's the postman. It's the postman. I know his knock. John goes out of door left, returns with a letter, and reads it center. John, speaking off. Yes, you're right. There's a letter in the box. Enters. I told you it was only the postman. Do come and play this nap out. I've got such beautiful cards. Hang your nap. This is serious. It's from little Mammy Scott. Mommy Scott? Who's she? You know, your wife. Oh, don't start that again, please. Rises. John, reading from letter. The Raja declines to wait any longer for his necklace and threatens to place the matter in the hands of the police. Oh, dear, dear, dear. You'd better go and tell her the necklace is having its clasp repaired and is coming back from the jewelers tomorrow. Is it? Oh, do have a little common sense. I think I know where to find her. Put on your hat and go round to the 500 Club. Is that a ladies' club? No. Mixed. No, I couldn't do that, really. Why not? I never believed in mixed schools or mixed bathing, and I'm certainly not going to a mixed club at my time of life. All you've got to do is to ask for Miss Mammy Scott. No, no, I've never been to such a place as the 500 Club in my life. Take your checkbook with you. They'll make you very welcome. A great deal too welcome, I expect. No, I couldn't do it. Why don't you go? How can I? I'm ill in bed. It's a hundred to one if I put my foot on the doorstep, I should run into the arms of the doctor, Pamela and the whole bus company. Ruin, divorce, and fraud await me on the doorstep. Well, I'm not going. Don't forget you're in this as well as me. If that necklace is lost, you're a party to it. 
Oh, don't say that. You've acknowledged that little woman as your wife. She's not the sort to be played with. Oh, don't talk like that. But I do talk like that. Here, take my key. Step over the balcony. Pointing to window left center. Get through my window and go out through my flat and come back the same way. Along the balcony and through your flat. Oh, they wouldn't see me then. I could do it in twenty minutes in a taxi, couldn't I? Easily. Top hole. That's splendid. Exit door right. There isn't a soul at home. The maid's out. At card table, calling. I say, you'll play this nap out when you come back. John, spoken off. What say? You'll play this nap out when you come back. Oh, yes. I'll leave the cards just as they are. Righto. I won't look at your hand. All right. Do you know this is the fourth nap I've been done out of? Bad luck. How long will you be? About twenty minutes, I should say. Somehow I don't quite like being left here alone. Why not? I have a presentiment of impending disaster. Say it again. I have an impediment of presenting disaster. John enters an overcoat, muffler, and hat. Note. He completes his change after next exit. You do get hold of the most absurd expressions. Now all we've got to do is to keep Mammy quiet until we get the money, and then everything will be okay. Crossing up to window left center. I'll be as quick as I can. Which way do I go? Both by open window up, left center. Just step over the balcony. Exit John through window. The second window to the right. Calling after John. Mind the geraniums, just step over them and don't be seen. John heard off. They'll take me for a creeper, won't they? Tully stands out on balcony watching John. Pamela rushes in dramatically, closing the door after her. John! John! The doctor! The doctor! Rushes across and opens door right, calling off. John! The doctor from the motor bus company is coming! John! Back to center, moves card table to left. John! John! Where are you? Tully comes down from window. Oh, Mr. Tooley, where's John? I couldn't say at the moment. John! Is he in the house? Tully opening and shutting his mouth, but saying nothing. Oh, please don't stand there yawning. I'm not yawning. I'm trying to say something. Where is John? Tully, with a gulp. He's out. Out? Impossible. Are you sure? Quite sure. Where has he gone? He's gone to five hundred clubs. Pamela turning down left. Great heavens, and we've waited for this day. We? We've waited for this day? Pamela dashes to door left, stands with her back to it. Mr. Tooley, you and I are the only people in this house. Tully, alarmed and going down right. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. We cannot miss this opportunity. Opportunity? can't we oh don't say that don't say that moving away in apprehension 
but I do say it. Crossing center. And you can't have an atom of pluck unless you do as I ask. Really, this is most embarrassing. I want you to get into pajamas as quickly as you can. Removes her hat and putting it on table left center. Get into pajamas? I've never been asked to do such thing in my life. Trembling all over. Not for all the gold in the Bank of England, Mrs. Ayers. Pamela, coming center. Yes, yes, please, for my sake, dear Mr. Tooley. Then up to window left. Not for any woman breathing. Your endearments are wasted on me. Oh, I knew this would happen one day. I knew some woman would get me into a corner. I only want you to take John's place. Ho, ho. Please, please. Advancing to Tully. Just for a little time while John is out. But it's right against my principles. It's our only chance. Crosses to armchair, kneels on front of it, looking up at Tully, who is behind it, and pleading. He may be back here at any moment. You'll have to do this for me, really, Mr. Tooley. I'll never do it unless you use force, and a woman can't force a man to get into pajamas. It isn't legal. Dashes up to window right. Pamela follows him. If you come any nearer, I'll shriek from the window. Bell heard off left. Pamela, up to window left quickly, looks out, then back again. There is the doctor. I knew it. Now what on earth are we going to do? The doctor? Yes, the doctor. The doctor? Sits in armchair. Oh, the doctor. Why didn't you make your meaning clear just now? What did you think I meant? Tully very embarrassed. What did you think I meant? Coming down to Tully. Well, what you said. Bell heard off left. That man is out there on the doorstep now. And, and there's no John, a doctor and no patient. And we swore he was unable to leave his bed. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Bell heard off left. Both listen. Perhaps if we keep quite quiet, he'll go away. No, he knows we must be in the house. Mr. Tooley, this doctor has never seen John, doesn't know him from Adam. I won't impersonate Adam. Would it be asking too much of you to let him think that you are my husband? Well, if you put it like that, and you think I could, I'll do my best. Very well. Go and get into bed. Oh, no, I couldn't get into bed. I can't bear people to see me in bed. What about the chair? The inspector saw John when he was sitting up. Why couldn't he see me in the chair? Bell heard off. Oh, very well. Be as quick as you can. I'll keep the doctor talking. Crossing to door left. Groan. Groan when you're ready. Get into John's pajamas. At door. I'd do the same for you. Pamela runs off left. Oh, oh. Tully runs off right. Tully re-enters with pajamas, puts them on back of armchair, looks round room, hops up to window, left, draws curtains, hops along to window right, draws curtains, goes to standard lamp above door left, switches off light, then over to armchair. He puts on pajama jacket over clothes, 
picks up pajama trousers holds them against himself then looks towards doors right and left as if someone might be looking through keyholes goes to fireplace and brings small fire screen to down to right of armchair puts on trousers jumps himself into them fastens them up takes screen back to fireplace comes back to armchair wraps blanket round him lies back in armchair and groans loudly pamela enters and crosses to tully i've told him you're not awake pretend to be asleep switches on lights and exits left re-enters almost immediately holding door open oh come in doctor then crossing to tully dr bigland enters hat and bag in hand he is a fairly corpulent man of fifty and blunt in manner places hat and bag on small table down left this is our patient doctor gets to back of armchair ahem wouldn't he be better in bed that is what i try to impress on him but he says he feels the pain less sitting up and you can't persuade him his mind seems thoroughly unhinged since the accident doctor crosses over to tully puts head to tully's heart tully makes a face doctor raises his head almost catching tully making a face a pity to wake him don't you think doctor still examining tully this is the best sleep he's had for weeks john is entering by window left seeing doctor he retires immediately doctor having finished his examination crosses center i understood he was quite a small man tully slides down in chair trying to make himself look smaller a very conspicuous movement yes he was but he seems to have grown considerably since the accident doctor goes to tully feels his pulse oh don't wake him please doctor oh i shan't wake him don't worry tully snores loudly to pamela any throat trouble no i uh, he hasn't complained of any keeps you awake at night a good deal i dare say going left oh yes he does by the way has mr trippett the inspector of claims for our company has he been here today no no doctor not to my knowledge i was wondering that's all he said he would meet me here to discuss the case tully shows nervousness no i don't think he's called ah probably he'll come later this matter has been hanging on too long you know it ought to have been settled up days ago yes i quite quite agree doctor takes out watch well i have another call to pay close by here i'll look back a little later on perhaps he'll be awake then thank you doctor crosses to door left holds door open doctor picks up hat and follows her allow me is going off tully rises in chair and stares after him oh i'm forgetting my bag turning he almost catches tully looking tully collapses immediately the weather keeps warm doesn't it doctor doctor picking up bag it does indeed exit doctor left followed by pamela john enters at window left comes down quickly places hat on table left center 
comes to Tully. Tully starts up. Who told you to do this? That's the doctor from the bus company. And those are my new pajamas. Throwing coat and scarf onto Satie at back. I know, I know, er. Enter Pamela. Oh, there you are, John. Who, who is responsible for this absurd jumble? Pointing to Tully. And who does the doctor think that is? Why, you, you, of course. There was no one else here when the doctor came, and someone had to be ill in bed. But not in a chair. I know this game backwards. If you can get five hundred in bed, you can't get fifty in a chair. To Tully. You've mucked up the whole show. I'm quite sure I didn't want to do it. Turns his back on John. John, holding forth. And it's not very flattering to me if he goes out and about and becomes known as John Ayres. I simply did it to oblige your wife. If you are in the habit of getting into those things simply to oblige ladies, you'll soon find yourself in the divorce court. Don't be cruel. Going right. It's no use arguing. The doctor has only gone a little way, and he'll be back here any minute. John to Pamela. Surely you could have kept the doctor waiting a little while, or made some excuse? What possible excuse could I make? Last time he called, I said you were in your bath. But that was last Friday week. Surely another bath wouldn't be out of place by now. Tully begins to remove trousers of pajamas. Pamela alarmed. Mr. Tully, please, please not in my presence. For heaven's sake, be decent. Be decent. Tully goes up to fireplace, gets behind screen, and refastens strings of pajamas. I've had enough of this. John, back to center. Can't you see the awful situation we're in? If Trippet calls, he'll demand to see me. If the doctor comes, he'll expect to see Dolly. And if they both come together, heaven help us. Hush! Shh! Hurries up to window left. John and Tully start back in fear. What is it? What is it? Pamela, coming down. Ah, it's nothing. Oh, well, don't do it, Pam. It unnerves me. Tully, coming down right. I'd give anything to be out of this. Of course you would. Always thinking of yourself. Tully stoops and pulls down leg of pajamas. And don't stretch those pajamas. I don't enjoy the best of health. I shan't be a nuisance to you much longer. Why talk like that? You know you will. Tully goes up to window right. I can't say that I'm enjoying the situation. Well, don't lose your heads. Well, what are we going to do? John, hand to forehead. Already I have the whole scheme laid out here. It's perfectly simple. This is absolutely an inspiration. Tully... Tully must cut off his mustache. Tully, crossing to John. No, I'm ready to oblige to a certain extent, but I'm not going to be messed about. It's absolutely necessary. I've always been clean-shaven, and it's the first thing that is noticed in a man. To Pamela. Now get me a pair of scissors, quickly. 
pushing Tully into armchair right. Pamela gets scissors from table left center and takes them to John. She stands in front of Tully. John cuts off Tully's mustache. I protest I'm not going to be chopped about. John, over Tully. If you only keep still, you won't know anything about it. Now don't move, or I shall hurt you. I protest, I pro-gur-gur. Pamela, holding Tully down in armchair. Oh, don't choke him, John. I wouldn't do anything in the world against his wishes. Keep still, Bertram. Mustache is cut off. John goes down right. Pamela goes down left. Tully sits up in chair. I don't know why you are making all this fuss. There's practically nothing of it when you come to gather it up. There. I've never seen you look so handsome. Placing mustache in waistcoat pocket. Really, I think it suits you, Mr. Tooley. But don't you see? The doctor's already seen me with a mustache. Oh, Lord. And this is my flute night down at the mission. Bell heard off left. It's the doctor back again, I expect. Runs up to window left, looks off. John, pulling Tully out of chair. Go on, get into bed. Leads Tully to door right. You don't think he'll operate on me, do you? Exit Tully, door right. John, it's a woman. John, advancing. A woman? It's Mrs. Tooley. John, back quickly to door right, puts back against it. Mrs. Tully! Pamela comes down center. Whatever is she coming here for? She knows I'm an invalid and can't leave the house, and I suppose she imagines that her husband is here. Now, you had better not be seen. Go across quickly into the dining room. Crossing to Pamela. And shut yourself in. I want to know exactly why Mrs. Tooley has called here. There's no time to discuss anything. Would you please go and hide in the dining room? And leave you alone with that woman? Most certainly not. Then perhaps you will be good enough to explain to Mrs. Tully why her husband is in your bedroom. No, no. Why can't you explain it? Not in your presence. Couldn't Mr. Tully explain if we sent his wife into him? Good heavens, no. He'd go mad. Why should he? Well... Uh, he's only recently been married, and he's not in his own flat or in his own bed. Hang it, <laughs> he's not in his own pajamas. Well, I'm going to ask him. To door right. Do please listen to reason, Pam. Pamela, knocking on door and calling to Tully. Mr. Tully, are you in bed? Tully, heard off. Yes. Your wife has called. Tully. Heard off, a long moan of agony. I say your wife has called. We are sending her in to you. Will you kindly explain everything to her? Glass and crockery crash off right. Pamela staggers back from door. John backs up a little, rather frightened. That's done it. Tully dashes into room. Makes a dive for door left. John catches him and swings him into chair left center. Tully has blanket round his shoulders and head. He half sits, half lies in chair in a collapsed condition. 
Let me go, let me go. John, across to Pamela. I told you what would happen. Shall I go and fetch mother? Fetch mother? Good heavens, no. Give the poor devil a chance. Have you got any smelling salts? Scent spray. Yes, that'll do. Pamela gets scent spray from Mantelpiece and gives it to John. John squirts scent into Tully's face. Tully sneezes loudly. It's the most extraordinary thing I've ever experienced, to see a man so afraid of his wife. Ah, some of us don't show it like he does. Bell heard off left. His marriage was a mistake from the first. To Pamela. Will you go into the dining room now? I'll see Mrs. Tully here in the presence of her husband and explain everything. If Mr. Tully will promise to remain in the room. Yes, yes. No, no. John, threatening Tully with spray. Yes, yes. Tully cowers into blanket. To Pamela. Now go along as quickly as you can. Places spray table right center. Pamela, crossing to door left. But understand... I expect to hear Mr. Tully's voice the whole time. John, crossing left. You shall, you shall. He shan't leave the room. And when he's not talking, I'll get him to sing. Exit Pamela briskly left. Turning to Tully. Go and let Mammy in as quickly as you can. Show her in here. Then stand by that door and don't let anyone else in on any account. And sing, just through the keyhole. It'll keep Mrs. Ayers quiet. Tully, crossing to door left. You won't leave me alone with Miss Fluffy Scott again, will you? I'll get rid of her as soon as ever I can. Go and let her in quickly. Tully runs out of door left. John holds the door open, looking off. A moment, and Mamie hurries in. Come along, Mammy. John shuts door, forgetting all about Tully, and catches Tully's arm in the door. Tully gives a yell of pain, waggling his hurt fingers. Oh, sorry, old man, I forgot. Tully shuts door. Now don't leave that door, whatever you do. And sing. Sing! John goes to Mamie, who is center. Tully stands close to door left and sings the rosary. Mamie, anxiously. Jack, Jack, did you get my letter? Your letter? What letter? Mamie, seeing Tully, who is singing loudly. What's that? It's all right. He's not listening. I wrote you about the necklace. But I sent you word last week that the necklace was in the hands of the jeweler. I know. I told the Raja that, and he won't believe me. He's simply furious. Where is the jeweler's? Let me take it back to him, whether it's damaged or not. Do. But there isn't time. I'm expecting my wife at any moment, and you must get away from here. But I dare not go home without it. Throwing her arms round John's neck. Darling, do, please. Tully, embarrassed, sings louder than ever. John to Tully. Oh, dry up, dry up. To Mamie. Well, now I'll tell you the truth. The jeweler sent the necklace back yesterday, and I've given it to my wife to take care of. Mamie, joyfully. <gasps> Then you've got it! You've got it! Tully runs towards John. You've got it? You never told me! John, to Tully, sharply. Watch that door! 
Tully resumes singing the rosary. To Mamie. Yes, Mrs. Ayres is wearing it. Oh, I am pleased. But why didn't you give it to Mr. Tully if she thinks I'm his wife? Ah, that's the point. That's the trouble. Nodding his head towards Tully. There are some people in this world you can't trust. I could tell you a few things about Mr. Tully. Ask him if he knows a girl called Agnes. She teaches him ragtime down at the mission. Tully sings louder. John to Tully. Oh, dry up! Will you dry up? Tully drops on all fours and stops singing. Mamie, looking at Tully. What's he doing there? Saying his prayers? You must keep to that door in case Mrs. Ayres comes back. Tully has stopped singing and is trying hard not to listen. Well, give me the necklace and I'll be off at once. I'll send it on to you tomorrow. No, I dare not go home without it. But how can I give it to you? Mrs. Ayres is wearing it round her neck. Can't I wait until she returns? No, no, she doesn't know you're here. And you must leave at once before she comes back. Pamela knocks loudly outside door. Tully jumps up. Mamie and John start. All silent. Pamela, off. I can't hear Mr. Tooley's voice. John, to Tully. Sing, sing. Tully resumes singing. I hear you calling me. That is Mrs. Ayres. Now you can give me the necklace. That's impossible. I don't want her to know you're here. But it doesn't matter if she thinks I'm Mrs. Tully. Tully crosses to John. I object to that being shouted broadcast. John to Tully. You keep quiet. To Mamie. You see, he objects. And don't be so unfeeling. We're expecting the doctor here at any minute. I'm as ill as I can be, and Tully may be operated on at any moment. Grimaces from Tully. I don't care who's operated on. I'm not going home without that necklace. Almost in tears. Can't you see the trouble we're in? There'll be worse trouble when the Raja arrives. Good heavens. You haven't told the Raja about me. What else could I do? And I had to give him your address. Oh, Tully, Tully, she's given the Raja my address. Mamie, bursting into tears. What else could I do? <laughs> it's not my fault. And why should I be blamed for it? <laughs> Sitting in armchair right. John, down to Mamie. There, don't cry. Don't cry. Tully bursts into tears. What's the matter with you? I can't bear to see a woman cry. Mamie shrieks and yells and kicks up her feet. Hold her feet down. Sits on Mamie's feet. To Tully. Don't leave that door. Tully peeps out of door left and crosses to John. John, the doctor's arrived. John, still sitting on Mamie's feet. Say, say you're having a bath. You won't be long. Tully, speaking through keyhole. I'm in my bath. I shan't be long. You're not shouting the yards at a race meeting. I'm in my bath. I shan't be long. Splash, splash. Moves up and down as if covering himself with water. Splash. 
Tully used his blanket like a towel, drying his back up and down, exaggerated movements. I'm drying. I'm dying. Oh, good heavens, this is awful. Rises, looks at Mamie. She's fainting. She's fainting. What shall we do? Put a key down her back. Well, give me a key. Tully rushes to door left. No, not that one, idiot. We may want that. Tully takes long strides over to door right. You'll split those pajamas. Tully gives John key from door right. Is this the proper thing to do? Drops key behind Mamie onto armchair, as if down her back. Ah, oh, she's coming round. No more tears. No more tears, little girl. Mamie rises and puts arm on John's shoulder. No, no more tears. No more tears. Ah! Turning right, she sees Tully and screams at sight of him. Turns to John. John, leading Mamie off into room right. There, dear, no more tears. You come along into this room and you shall have the necklace, I promise you. You really mean that, Jack? Of course I mean it. Now come along. Exit Mamie and John, room right. Oh, Mrs. Ayers. Going center and singing. Oh, dry those tears, oh, calm those fears. John, entering quickly and trying to lock door right. The key. Where's the key? You put it down Fluffy's back. Pamela rushes on from door left. The doctor says he can't wait much longer. Exit Pamela quickly. John crosses to Tully. I suppose you realize that something's got to be done. This girl demands the necklace. The police have been informed, and the Raja is rampant. The bus company claimed me as a patient, and my married happiness rocks in the balance. Oh, don't talk like that. Go on. Get into that chair. Pushing Tully to armchair right. Haven't I done enough for one day? At this very moment you can wreck my life, and you're going to take advantage of it. Bertram, Bertram. Presses Tully down into armchair right. What did I do with those pieces of your mustache? You put them in your pocket. Ah, so I did. John picks up hat and is going to window. Tully, in armchair and drawing blanket round him. You're not going to leave me in this awful predicament. I shall be back immediately. I have a brilliant idea that will clear up everything. Now, don't forget you are John Ayers. I'm John Ayers? John, ever to door left. You can come in. Back to Tully. Moan a little, and for heaven's sake try and look intelligent. John goes off through windows left. Tully makes faces, as if intelligent. Pamela enters left, followed by Doctor. Pamela, crossing to Tully. Ah, here he is, Doctor. Doctor, putting hat and bag on table left center. Is he awake? Are you awake, dear? No! Pamela slaps his head. Er, yes, yes. Still sitting up, and after a bath, too? It's not wise. We can't keep him in bed. He's so full of spirits. Yes, yes, I quite understand. Now don't distress yourself, my dear lady. Gets chair from right of table left center and places it on left of armchair. You have your own medical man attending, of course? Oh, yes, doctor, of course. 
but i don't think he understands the case although he thinks it very serious doctor sits in chair loud knocks heard off left i think that must be mr trebbett tully starts up frightened pamela going to door left excuse me a moment exit pamela door left doctor watches her off tully quickly rises and hides behind armchair doctor turns round to examine tully finds the chair empty looks dumbfounded scratches his head pushes blanket down which has been left on chair turns left looks under his own chair then looks up left tully gets quickly back into armchair again and pulls blanket round him feigns sleep doctor turns again to armchair sees tully can't believe his eyes pinches himself lifts tully's arm tully drops it doctor lifts tully's arm again tully holds it up this time and moves fingers now then young man i want you to tell me exactly where you feel this pain we don't want you to remain an invalid all your life although i dare say a little compensation will act as a wonderful restorative pamela enters holding door open john peeping round door say it's mr tully john is wearing a mustache pamela announcing uh mr tully tully rising yes it's mr tully john enters doctor turns and looks at john tully walks on knees round armchair and then sits covering himself with blanket john posing as tully may i come in how do you do mrs ayres so pleased to see you and how is the patient to-day not much better i'm afraid oh no he's worse a lot worse i can see that going behind tully poor old john poor john i don't think we shall have him with us much longer tully sits up bertram tully falls back i don't think it's wise to dishearten the patient like that pamela to john this is the doctor from the motor bus company oh how do you do doctor turns to john i'm a very old friend of mr ayres and i'm very sorry to see him struck down like this tully falls right half off chair john pulls him back again it's a very serious matter yes the company wish me to convey their deep sympathies deep sympathies aren't much good i'm afraid it will cost them something more than that oh he'll be up and about in a few days oh no he won't oh yes he will oh no he won't oh yes he will oh no he won't i can promise you that can't you see the man has been terribly knocked about aside to tully groan tully groans long and loudly now tell me mrs ayres is he thirsty at all no doctor no no he wouldn't be but the pain in his back is simply terrible he raves aside to tully rave tully raves pulls hair up on end imagines he sees something tries to catch it and continues any mad business doctor follows his movements closely and seriously doctor to pamela does he have any pains in the head N no doctor no no he wouldn't have but his mind's affected is he is he sleepy at all 
No, not as a rule, doctor. No, no. No, no, he wouldn't be. Imitating doctor. How dare you, sir? Turns away in a rage. Of course, a good deal of this may proceed from a previous debilitated state. Debilitated? I understand the patient has led rather a, well, if I may be allowed to say so, rather a gay life. Tully rises, annoyed. Oh, no, you're quite wrong. Pointing to Tully. No one can ever say that John Ayres went the pace. I've known John ever since I was born, and I can safely say he's a living saint. Isn't he, Mrs. Ayres? Pamela, with a gulp. Uh, yes, yes, of course. If anyone knocks about at all, you might accuse me. I'm known everywhere as Tully the Rake. Tully sits up in protest. Aside. Bertram. Tully falls back in chair. There's just one more question, Mrs. Ayres. Does he have any cold sweats? Yes. He lives entirely on soda water. I said, sir, does he have any cold sweats? Oh, I beg your pardon. I thought you said Schweppes. Schweppes? Pamela, crossing to right of armchair. Yes, he perspires a good deal. John, aside to Tully. Perspire. Tully perspires, wipes head, then wrings handkerchief out. Perspires. That's quite natural. To Tully. Now then, will you tell me exactly where you feel this pain in the back? John, getting between Dr. and Tully. Just up between the ribs. Dr. digs John in back. Oh, that's the very place. Will you let the patient tell me? But he doesn't know as well as I do. Tully, pointing to John. Mr. Ayers, or Mr. Tully, this gentleman knows all about it. Mr. Tully, Mr. Tully. Where have I heard that name before? Ah. To John. You were in the bus accident with him, I believe. No, that was my brother. Your brother? And he escaped unhurt? Uh... Yes. He fell on top of a fat old woman who was sitting opposite. Yes. That poor lady had three ribs broken. Rises. Still, that concerns your brother. Sarcastically, John and Tully exchange looks. Doctor takes chair up to right of table, left center, opens bag. I can't quite understand all this, you know. According to Mr. Trippett's report... The patient was a much smaller man. Takes out stethoscope from bag, wiping it with his handkerchief and coming down left. John, over to doctor. Surely you're not going to measure him, doctor. Hang it all, he's not dead yet. No, I simply wish to examine him, that's all. Turning to John. Although I have taken the measure of many people in my time. John turns away and upstage. Now, Mrs. Ayres. Will you kindly loosen the patient's things a little? Just in front. Tully drags his pajama jacket tightly round him, very much alarmed. Pamela looks at John in despair. John, down to Tully. Perhaps I can assist. I shall feel much obliged, sir, if you will not interfere. Doctor goes over to table down left, keeps his back towards the others. 
Couldn't you examine him better in bed, doctor? Undoubtedly. Mamie enters from door right. John sees her and pushes her back. No, I can't let him go into bed. I don't advise it. Shutting door right. And I'm not going to strip. Bell heard off left. Pamela, up to window left, looks off. It's Mr. Trippet. Mr. Trippet. Good. He's just in time. John, to Tully. Good. He's just in time. That is lucky. I am glad. He promised to meet me here. Takes out watch. John crosses to Doctor. Isn't it a motorbus etiquette for you to discuss the case with Mr. Trippet in private? No, I don't think that's at all necessary. Goes up to table left center, puts stethoscope in bag. I'm sure both Mr. and Mrs. Ayres would like you to consult before anything is said or done in the matter. The dining room is at your service. Pamela, crossing to and opening door left. Yes, yes, of course. Well, if you particularly wish it, I'll see Mr. Trippet. This way, doctor. Thank you, madam. I thank you. Doctor exits, followed by Pamela. John places chair left center under table. Tully jumps up. I've had enough of this. I'm going mad. Bertram, Bertram. Bertram, be damned. Holds his mouth instantly. John crosses to Tully. I think you're very ungrateful. Just as everything's going so splendidly. Splendidly, is it? Do you think Mr. Trippet and the doctor are going to swallow this tale? I've lost my reputation, and I've lost my mustache. Pamela rushes in and closes door. Mr. Trippet would like to see you now. He's rather in a hurry. What will you do? That's all right. Send Trippet in here in two seconds, and keep the doctor in there. And keep calm. Pamela exits left. Everything's going splendidly. Everything's going splendidly. Taking wild leaps into the air. John to Tully. Go on. Get behind that screen. Gets into chair and draws blanket round him. Tully going up to fireplace. If ever I get out of this, I'll leave the neighborhood. Kneels behind screen in fireplace. Don't talk like that. Mamie rushes on from door right. Jack! I can't wait any longer. Where's the necklace? John rises and crosses to Mamie. It's all right. Only wait. My darling, what have you been doing? What? That dreadful mustache. Oh, oh, they've been putting me under glass. Pushes Mamie off down right. Tully groans. Don't you groan. I am the patient now. Sits in armchair again. Pamela rushes in to center. Tully peeps round from screen. John, the doctor says he must examine you before discussing the case with Mr. Trippet. John, rising. Good heavens! Can't they make up their minds? They must be a couple of weathercocks. All right. Send the doctor in. Wait till you hear Tully groan. Mr. Tully will be in the chair? Yes, yes. We're quite prepared. Wait till he groans, that's all. Pamela exits left. To Tully. Go on, get into that chair. Arranging blanket. The doctor's coming in. Tully comes down to armchair. Pamela rushes in. Pamela, breathlessly. John, 
mr trippet and the doctor are both coming in together both together john and tully both rush for armchair wait i know say there's an escape of gas electric light look say the lease of the flat is up john pushing tully into chair don't be a fool say i'm dead doorbell heard off left pamela up to window john there's a colored man at the door a colored man oh, good heavens it's the rajah tully rushes up to window right center with blankets on arm the rajah yes tell him i'm buried and won't be back for a week mamie enters door right but who is the rajah J just a friend of mine excuse me he's a friend of mine yours yes a friend of mine and i must have that necklace will you kindly give it to me mrs ayres this necklace how dare you it's mine mamie and pamela both quarrel violently about it and argue madly till fall of curtain tully goes to mamie at the same time as john goes to pamela they both throw the men off tully has taken blanket from armchair john is going to door left not that way john not that way john and tully meet center tully throws blanket over both of them and they crawl out of window left Doctor and Trippet enter together, talking. Doctor sees the two men crawling off. He draws Trippet's attention, and they both look on aghast. Curtain End of Act Two